Hi, I'm Sebastian from UQ Art Museum and you're listening to the first episode of Hangs. It's a podcast where we invite two strangers to the art museum to view an exhibition and hear what they have to say about it. Today we are joined by Dr Nick Carra from uh, University of Queensland School of Communication and Beck Mack, an arts journalist. Maybe you could introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about um, who you are. Well, I didn't know you were a doctor. Oh yeah, I didn't <laughs> really? mention that. I'm not, I'm not a doctor that could help you with any real okay. problems. So. <laughs> Still quite impressive. <laughs> if anything calamitous happens on this tour of the gallery, we'll have to call someone else. Okay. <laughs> so today, guys, we're looking at an exhibition called The Dust Never Settles, which is, uh, I would describe as an urgent exhibition, um, even though it's dealing with past mm. histories and past traumas. So we're looking at contemporary artists who uh, deal with uh, issues that are political, uh, cultural, uh, environmental and issues that haven't been resolved basically and c continue to uh, be relevant to the present. And so I think that there's plenty to talk about in this exhibition and I'll look forward to hearing uh, what, where, the, where the discussion goes. Uh, this is a piece called Seven Sisters from 2016. Uh, it's Indigenous language titles Minyama Tijita. The story tells of seven sisters who travel country and avoid a lustful older man. Well, that's very topical, isn't it? <laughs> isn't it ever? Age-old problem, folks. <laughs> These dirty old men. Leave life. the young ladies alone. It's only going to lead you to trouble. Actually, I heard read the story yesterday about Gandhi. Apparently, uh. had a real issue with being uh, um, with younger. He was a real misogynist and. He went, did this thing where he went totally celebrant and then he put um, young women in his bed to test himself. Right. Like, like there's this thing, this sort of, like, you know, he's what, so like mystical. Like a way of demonstrating his own piety or something. Yeah, that he could do it. His own willpower. Exactly. And so there's sort of like, you know, every, every great sort of historical figure is so, you know, beautified in a way. Right, right. But uh, I thought that was interesting. Anyway. Uh, Beautiful painting though, my god, look at those colours, like the aqua and that beautiful sort of, what is that, sort of a, a mauve purple? Yeah, I gotta say when I looked at the painting and then you just start reading the, uh, the tag beside it, um, the connection to Maralinga, and then you kind of glance back at the painting, you immediately see the kind of glowing mm. of, the, of the green in this painting, it sort of like has a has a kind of radioactive presence all of a sudden, yeah. doesn't it, as you You're stand really in front right, of it? Yeah, actually. Yeah. yeah, sort of a toxicity, yeah. almost. And then to know that it's kind of communicating uh, a trip across a desert where seven sisters are being pursued by a, how was it described, a lustful old man? A lustful old man. Yeah, that there's something, um, all of a sudden the colours, like when you first stand in front of it, it looks quite beautiful, beautiful. and serene all of a sudden. And then when you read that little bit of information mm. about it, it all of a sudden looks really kind of, uh, intense and a little bit like Yeah, yeah. So was it about Marilinga? Sorry, I didn't read the top part. Well, it doesn't say the, the painting is about sisters being pursued by the older man, mm. but the um, the experience of this group is that they were relocated after the Marilinga right. test, so that kind of Marilinga is an important part of their history. Of the story. Yeah. yeah. 
And I've got to say, whenever you, I don't know how you feel about when you hear about Maralinga, but do you feel like that it's just an absent... I just freaking can't believe it happens. And yeah. we're still not really right, but it's coming an, to terms with that. Exactly. It's an, absent, it's an absent story in Australian history, right? Like, do you always feel when you hear it, you're like, did I miss the, the explanation of Maralinga yeah. in school or something? Do you feel like that? Totally. And you see sort of those black and white images, that bit of footage. Right. And, you know, every now and again, they'll troll out some old bloke who's, you know, well, I shouldn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> like a man, a person that was there when it happened, right, right. and of which they're, they're his family no might have left. been affected. Yeah. But those stories yeah. get less and less, and I they guess do. that's the thing about history. Yeah, yeah. it quietly it, it quietly goes back into the shadows yeah. of things we don't really want to no. come to terms with. But that was the British, wasn't it? It's the British, yeah, and I, it just that kind of um, the the kind of resonance between uh, yeah this this group of women being pursued across the land by an older man. You know, like it's, there is yeah. just something about the way that echoes Maralinga, right? The, yeah. the British men effectively coming in to, to let off these nuclear, test these nuclear devices. Yeah. And to me, the painting's kind of radioactive and um, yeah, it's both beautiful and toxic at the same time. Mm. Yeah. Wow, mm. good start. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You can do all okay, the reading, because you're good at me. Because <laughs> i got to get my glasses on. Yes. All right. <laughs> so this painting is by Gloria Naparula Panka, uh, Mining on Our Country, Northern Territory. Uh, and it's three uh, images that are drawn watercolour on paper. Mm. Uh, and you kind of have images of, I guess, the landscape of the Northern Territory uh, in the background of the images. And then in the front of the image, you've got artifacts of the mining industry. So each image has a sign. Yeah. Private property, no trespassing, a skull and crossbones, danger explosives, um, a big mining truck and so on. One of the images has a kind of contrast between the, the unspoilt landscape and the kind of very dark, blackened, mined landscape. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's really, they're really evocative. They remind me um, of a trip I did to... Um, uh, to like the Northern Territory and we went to, to into Kakadu yeah. where the, um, this is kind of about 15, 15 or more years ago. So it was kind of just after the real protests about Jabaluka and mining of oh, uranium yeah. in Kakadu. It was massive. It was then. really massive, yeah. And um, I think it was a ranger mine. I think that was the mm. company. And we had gone on a tour and I can't remember, I can't remember now if it was a tour of the mine or a tour of Kakadu, but we're in a little bus with this kind of white guy in his car keys and so on. And off we went in the bus. And uh, we went, at one part of the tour, we went to the, the open cut mine, which was really like, I remember when I saw it, you kind of drive through Kakadu, you know, just an incredible kind of wilderness space. And yeah. then all of a sudden, it feels like you were parked on the edge of this. An abyss. Yeah, an abyss. It's just like, the I don't scale, know, never, I it was the first time I'd seen an open cut mine. And you kind of, they're so big. Yeah, like, I've never seen one. They're like inhuman in their scale. They're just, they're just shockingly big. And it was like such a wound in the middle of this mm. beautiful space. Um, and I remember asking the guy, um, he, he kind of had said some things on his, like it's one of those tours where the guy's got his microphone up the top and he's giving yeah. you his, his Aussie kind of tour. And it was like, you know, like it was a couple of white Australian families like ours and some international families. Um, and he was kind of saying things about 
the relationship between the mine and the indigenous communities. Yes. Um, saying that the, the mine had given them heaps of money and they yeah, basically right. wasted it. And they've like, done pretty well. And they've done pretty well, but they could have done. You know what I mean? Yeah. They, yeah. And he was, and it, it was, it was kind of great on me a little bit. Uh, who's he to say that? I, would, well, I mean, who gave him that script? I wonder. Well, it's surprise. I mean, it was one of those moments as a white Australian where you. Um, you encounter that whiteness, yeah. like he felt absolutely un, um, like not unhindered. Le- yes, unhindered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Absolutely unhindered. Yeah. And I, um, I asked him whether he thought the, because um, I think at that time Jabaluka was being held back by native title yeah. issues. The indigenous groups didn't want the uranium mine that was was holding it back. And he said, uh, and I just asked. I said, well, do you think that Jabaluka, the uranium mine, will go ahead? Uh, he turned around and he said, yep, with these guys, and I, I don't even think, I can't remember the term he used, but I'm pretty sure it was derogatory. It's all just a matter of, and he starts rubbing his fingers oh. together like money. And I was like, I couldn't, but like, this is like what a, did you, But isn't it weird when you get so, confronted by it's that? So, it's so yeah. hard in the moment it's to go, so in the moment give to it say, back to them get, in the right way. Yeah, and it's much just, later you yeah. go, I can't believe that right. man got away with saying that. Yeah, and I was a teenager at the but time. You know what's you know? even worse is that he's just assuming that, you're, that. On, that he, exactly. you're on his side and you're totally yeah. in agreement with him. It's that assumption about whiteness, right? Like yeah. you're a white family, I'm a white dude, you know, we know, how, yeah. we know what's really going on here. Um, so, I mean, I saw as, as soon as I saw these mm. paintings, I, that's, I just, you know what I mean? Like I haven't thought of that for years, but yeah, it just yeah. immediately jumped back at me. Danger, explosives keep out. Yeah. Says it all. It does, yeah. <laughs> They're yeah. very Remember Jabaluka? That was big back in the It was. late 90s. Oh wow! It's funny just to describe oh, what an open cut mine looks out. like, and we turn around here and here it is. is. <laughs> I, yeah, here it is. Wow. In the podcast, it should refer to just turn around. It's just, behind yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> if you immediately, yeah, and this is Taloy Havini and Stuart Miller, a piece called Russell and the Paguna Mine. It's a, 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 a photographic image from 2009 from a series called Blood Generation. So we have it's in uh, the Panguna Mine in, in uh, Bougainville, and we have a man sort of squatting on the edge, looking down into the mine. And just looking, reading that, it's a mine uh, by the Australian company, or Australian part-owned company, Rio Tinto. Ah, right. And again, you know, it's weirdly disturbing but beautiful at the same moment. Like, that he's gazing down at that opal pool in the centre. Yeah. But it's just like the biggest scar of their landscape, isn't it? I mean, it must be so hard. I can't well, even imagine what that feels like. Yeah. That heartbreak of seeing yeah. your country annihilated like that. It must be just... Um... I know. And, it, and I guess that's referencing back to what this show's about. Like, that, that scar's there forever. I mean, yeah. that land's gone forever. That's going to affect that community forever. Mm. It's interesting you say it's strangely beautiful because if you read on um, the images from, um, the, if you read on it says the mine was open from 72 but then when the uh, war broke out in, um, against Papua New Guinea and government in the late 80s, the mine closed. So I think we're looking at an image here of a man looking into a mine that's been closed for 20 years. Yeah, right. And I think you can see... Well, there's, some, there's a bit of regeneration going on there. Yeah, like where you there? said it's quite beautiful. In mm. at, one, at the top of the mine, you can see the jungle kind of growing back down the mine. Yeah. But at the bottom of the mine, uh, if you look really closely, you can see all the see all the dump trucks oh, lined up. yeah, just left there. And they're just there kind of... And, and see here where the mine has collapsed on top of the dump trucks. Mm. And it's kind of slowly swallowing them up, right? And 
that's sort of mirrored by that beautiful mist cloud that's yeah. overarching into the, into the pit of the mine. Incredible. I love this picture. I love it. There's such a... So um, much going on. But the, the, guy, the way the guy is... Um, crouching in the foreground yeah. looking over there's a, such a stillness to, the, to his thinking. contemplating it's, it sort of feels to me like it's like the, this is a kind of horrible wound on the earth but you know watch how slowly the earth will yeah kind of yeah there's a defiance in him isn't there there is there's that a real he, still defiance this is still his land yeah. and it will be his people's land forever yeah. and a sense of like you you wait like mm. the the earth is gonna the wilderness is gonna swallow this Take it back. Yeah, in time. And I guess they're so connected to the wilderness that they're taking it back. Yeah. Man, that's a this really is a great image. show. It really is. Now I love Luke Roberts. Yeah, me this too. This is fantastic. Oh, this is just like <laughs> it's right up my alley. This is like a total. This feels like a Queensland vista to me, doesn't it? You know. With the white alien oh. bishop in the middle. It's fantastic. So this is Luke Roberts, Pope Alice, Lake Galilee. So this is in the Galilee, Valley, Galilee Basin in yeah. uh, Queensland, where the Adani mine is proposed, is planned to be. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, say something about Luke Roberts. I guess what do you? How do you know well, his work, and what do you? I know that his work's quite performative, and he. The thing I love about Luke Roberts, I don't know. Do you hang out in West End? Yeah, a little, yeah. So I mean, do you I don't know that there, crazy sculpture that's just outside the Commonwealth Bank? The, the so-called the Raelian yeah, sculpture? Yeah, so that's yeah. his work. Yeah. So, and is it true that it's a, it's a Raelian? Yeah, it's yeah, to yeah. send messages okay. to show the aliens where we are. Right, and, right. Um, and I've seen it actually, they, it's wor I've seen it working too. It's fantastic. It flashes. I, I remember as a kid. coming yeah, out. Yeah, that's right. It, would, does it, it doesn't do that so often anymore, does it? The I steam and the flashing? I, I remember that. It went for a little that. while and it did. Yeah. And now it stopped again. Right. But I think... Um, it's awesome. You know, and he's... Like, here he looks so religious, but he's, an, he's got an alien's face. I, and I just... I love that play and that queer culture that comes into it as well. Right. And right. I think um, on that landscape... What's it say to you? For me, it just feels like he's almost protecting it. Like, yeah, so I was going to ask you, what's your... Yeah, this okay. This is not yours. <laughs> so we have, like, the alien pope who's kind of landed in the Galilee yes, Basin, right? The and one we've asked for to save us. <laughs> and he's like, I don't think so, Adani. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you're not yeah. going on here. Because when, when I first saw the image, I kind of read it the other way, which is, like, the, 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 the there's an alien presence in the Galilee Basin. Do you know okay, what I mean? Right. Uh, but I think, you're, I, I think I prefer your, your response to it, which is that he's a... Um, yeah, there's a kind of like queer performance being. of resistance going on here, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And he is trying to make sure that doesn't happen or something. It's just, it's in, they're interesting together. It's his palms, right? Like, it's, he's mm. got his palms raised and he's sort of facing us. And there's a real kind of pressing back of the image. Yeah. Like, I almost feel like him, like, because when you're standing in front of it, it's like, what, four metres long? And it, there's a way in which it, him pressing it out at you makes it almost feel like the whole landscape is pressing mm. out at you. Like, yes. I, I don't think so, you know. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. the land itself is yeah. defending itself. Yeah. God, I hope it doesn't happen. Okay, yes, Judy Watson, The Holes in the Land. And what's that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six prints. Yeah, six prints. Uh, the Holes in the Land, I get it now. Is it, is it mines or it's... No, it's not. But it's interesting how, because when I look Ooh. at that image first, the big black holes, 
uh, I thought they were mines. Yeah. Uh, and when I saw they particularly this could one, be, because look at the shapes, it's quite um, yeah. What graphic in a way? It's the museum architecture being hot, laid over indigenous objects that were kind of stolen and taken to those museums. Right. Um, and so the holes in the land are the missing, the missing What's objects. What's been taken? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it is about that um, colonisation. I mean, museums are quite. It's amazing they're sort of, in a way, allowed to continue with what they do. Yeah. Like yeah. Robbing other nations of their most precious belongings, right, right. putting them in glass cabinets, yeah. and owning them. And then not the politics of returning them, um, those objects. It seems like it goes on and on. Like mm. I, it was, I feel like it was only a couple of months ago that I heard a news story, you know, about a, an indigenous object being returned to indigenous people. And you're like, yeah, I, I remember my immediate reaction to the story was like, that hasn't ha happened. Yeah. What, like what? Like. Um, but, I, like, as I understand it, the British Museum still contain a lot of these objects. That's what I mean. How can they yeah. still get away with it? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a kind of... It's very Bloody vexed. British. Yeah, the British. Yeah. They started it all. <laughs> They're the ones to blame. <laughs> it's interesting in all the images we've seen so far, there's that kind of play of, uh, you know, the, the kind of horror of dispossession and theft. Mm. But in each case, the kind of... Um, the, the kind of spirits of resistance and endurance and yes. do you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. there's an overflowing in all of these images, yes. isn't there? Where there's something and yet there's something else. And it, it's not it's not like it's it's not mocking, it, it, but it's sort of like I don't know. It's hard to say. Like so, it's sort of the energy of I guess well, fifty thousand years. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is beyond. Right. That's even, true. We can't yeah. comprehend that. I mean, that image of the mine is like that as well, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, and yet that, you know, this is a short period of time compared to, yeah, the I was way I think just about in New Zealand, and I went to the New Zealand Museum, actually, talking about uh, museums. Yes. And you know what? Maori's only arrived in New Zealand in 1300. Really? Do you, I didn't do know you that believe that? I, I didn't know that it at all. It kind of blew my mind. And I'm like... my mind too. Hang on, the Aboriginals have been were in Australia for fifty thousand years. Wow. Maori's arrived in thirteen hundred. I mean, it's kind of so. Remarkable. New Zealand has only had humans since yeah. the thirteen hundreds. Yeah. Really. I know. I did not know that. It really shocked me. That's incredible. And it's incredible how. So there's just like a very the history of humans on the New Zealand landscape is a very recent one. Very recent. That's why it's so beautiful. <laughs> but also, it's really amazing how like I know the, the Maoris. You know, there's a lot of inequality and there's a lot of yeah, yeah, massive of issues. Yeah. But they have been able to. You know, that they have their own like language is so powerful. Yeah. So they te teach it in school. Yeah. It's incredible. My little white nephews know how to speak Maori, and it's like. Oh, wow. That we're so far from that in Australia. We are, yeah, this, yeah, we are. It's devastating. Yeah, we are, yeah, yeah. I think, you yeah. know, that in story you related earlier about going to Jabaluka and how that guy turned to you and said, you know, they're like that. Yeah. There's still this very entrenched us and them oh, man. scenario. Yeah. yeah. And I think in New Zealand it's I don't know, there's a bit more homogeny and I guess power and recognition there's and a, it's recognition. And I think. in yeah, yeah, like like well forms of injustice and uh, inequality and so on are, are still major issues at a at sort of a basic cultural and political level there's there's recognition. Yeah. And so and with that comes a kind of language for 
being able to speak about each other. Yeah. We don't have that. We don't and, even have that. And I think really, know. truly, the language thing is massive. It is, Because yeah, yeah. there's words that my sister knew that meant things like, I guess, well, it was like you got your family, then you got your greater family, right. you got your greater family. Right. These great Maori words describe that. And they just that. use them? In, yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's right. They, all know they those use words. them with a sense of ease and a sense of understanding that we don't have. I don't yeah, think. but that also informs the like my sister and you know like what that is in Maori culture like right. you don't even know what that is no, in indigenous exactly. culture exactly. and it's yeah. there it would yeah. be part of the fabric yeah. of who they are yeah. but the word allows that to become exactly. part of everyday life yeah, yeah. And, and, and therefore to kind of name a, a living relationship right between mm. between settlers and indigenous and we can't even name the relationship here I do you know, know like it's yeah yeah. This show is really important as... Yeah, it's really provocative, actually, as you go around. As Sebastian, Sebastian said at the start, it's, we're talking about you. Um, <laughs> you must know that we're talking about you. I was just saying how, um, at the start, you said this is an urgent show. Yes, that's right. And we're discovering that as we walk around. Yeah, we yeah. are. And, uh, and what, what do you, how, do you, how would you define that, then? Well, just the issues that, that this is... I guess bringing up. Actually, I feel quite emotional. Oh, really? <laughs> well, it's really like you start going into what's happened, and it's really sorry. <laughs> but it's really quite powerful when you really. Yeah. I guess it's that empathetic thing crossing a line into sorrow. It's really quite powerful. Sorry, I didn't. Yeah, no, I, I, I kind of recognise the feeling. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, you kind of. Yeah, maybe there's. It's it's sort of diff, like in our culture, there's very few moments that reveal to us our own dominance or reveal to us our own whiteness yes. and reveal to us our own uh you know like history of dispossession and so on i think it's something about that right yeah. I mean, we've kind of walked like what 20 meters around do you know what i mean and there's and something of that has been revealed right yes yeah. very much so yeah. yeah and that's where the urgency comes from yeah, yeah. well i guess it's it's a it's a call to act isn't yes. it yes yeah. yeah and i think that that's what contemporary art of at its best does it 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 you know it, it forces you to make a decision it forces you yeah. to think about things and uh think about your own position and you know your role in it and what can be done and um yeah, yeah. so it was it sounds like you guys have had a pretty well we, i feel <laughs> like is there, is there another part that we've missed i don't know we've well we've been going for a very long time oh, and i think it's so well. like it's the, it's the uh it's the te testament to the exhibition that we've, uh, yeah. that, totally. you know, you, you guys have, have had a wonderful, wonderful day. And um, have we been here all day? What time is it? Well, you've been here for quite, <laughs> quite some time. It's been really trippy, actually. Yeah, it has, it has. It really has. Yeah, but a fantastic show. Yeah, well, really thanks very show. much for being our guest today and it, um, being on the very first episode of Hangs. We've we absolutely loved yeah. having you. It's been awesome. It's great to meet you, Ben. Yeah, you too. Have to stay in touch. Yep. <laughs> thanks for listening to the first episode of Hangs. The Dust Never Settles exhibition is open until the 30th of July at the University of Queensland Art Museum. For more information on upcoming panel discussions, opportunities and events, please visit the museum website at artmuseum.uq.edu.au. Don't forget to subscribe and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for hanging out.